All right, hi guys, welcome to the Sports Bar Podcast with your usual host, K-Man. Yes, we are back, and it's bigger and it's better as always. This is the Premier League review show. It's been an interesting weekend, full of actions and full of interesting storylines and everything. As we promised on Friday, the Premier League always delivers. So yes, we are back. And today, it's a full house. And remember, you can always go and like and subscribe and follow this podcast wherever you find your podcast, be it Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever Wherever you get your streams from, just go there and go and like and subscribe and just listen to greatness. So, yes, as I said before, today we have a full house. As usual, we have George, my usual co-host here. George, what's up? Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here as always. It's a pleasure. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. And today there's a new there's a new voice on the show. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can hear him. That's that's Marcus Gavi, aka Shensky, a very good friend <laughs> of ours, you know. And he, he's, 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 he's here on the show. We're privileged to have him on the show. Welcome, Marcus. Thanks, guys. Today. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Thanks for yeah, having me. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So, as I said today, we're going to review the Premier League actions of the weekend. So, so many interesting things happened over the weekend. So, I'm just going to go through what happened and just give you the results of the weekend. So, yes, Manchester United versus Everton. Hmm. Manchester United, there's so much to talk about them. It was 1-1, that game at Old Trafford. Um, Chelsea hosted Southampton and Chelsea went out 3-1 winners. Burnley hosted Norwich and it ended up 0-0, a very drab draw there. Um, it was Leeds 1, Watford 0. Watford ended up sacking their manager, but we'll talk about that later. Um, Wolves hosted Newcastle and Wolves went out 2-1 winners. Brighton versus Arsenal, another 0-0 draw. Um, and, then, and then on Sunday, it was Crystal Palace versus Leicester. He ended up 2-2, an exciting game there. And then Tottenham Hotspurs hosted Aston Villa, and it was 2-1 to the Spurs. West Ham hosted Brentford. And we we have to talk about Brentford sometime in the show. We have to give them a little bit of airtime because they've been spectacular this season. They went, ended up 2-1 winners over West Ham. And then in the in the big game of the, the weekend, Liverpool versus Manchester City ended up 2-2, another pulsating game there. So, guys, we're going to delve in straight into the game. We're going to go into the big game of the weekend. That was Manchester City-Liverpool. And it was such a good game. I mean, I enjoyed watching the game. Two of the brilliant managers in the Premier League. And, I mean, they delivered. They delivered. So, let me start with... Okay, because Marcus is new on the show, let me start with him. George, okay. we've, we've been listening to George a lot. So, Marcus, um, I'm sure you watched that game. Uh, yeah, Liverpool versus Man- yeah, Manchester City. How did you find the game? Well, I think... If City had taken their chances earlier in the first half, they would have won that game. Hmm. And then I looked at, what's the name? Is it Fabinho? Fabinho had this chance where after he controlled the ball, Laporta was very quick to recover. Yeah. And that was just like, that was it for Liverpool. And that was it for Man City too, because yeah. it would have changed the game totally. But Man City, Liverpool, I don't know. It's always, it's always, It always gives us like the chills. It used to be Liverpool... And my United, but now it looks like City are taking over the reins because of how United is playing now. So that's my take on that. And then Pep Guardiola, I, I don't know what else he wants. You have a striker, you want to play him as a winger. You have a winger, you are playing as a striker. What what does that quote on right now? I guess don't know what he want, what he hopes to achieve right now in football. Yeah, you know that's 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 the, that's maybe the genius of Pep Guardiola. That's what we will say. It's sometimes his downfall. It's sometimes his his holy grail. So we just wait and see how far that leads Manchester City at the end of the season. So let me go to George. Um, it was a, it was a it was an interesting game. The first half created there were so many opportunities in the first half, and the second half the game ignited into what it was. Um, these teams never disappoint, do they? 
No, they actually, they, they never do. And I absolutely agree with Marcus over here. You know, he said um, if City had taken their chances in the first half, they would have won the game. And I, 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 I couldn't agree more with that. Um, last week, we spoke about how we, we expected the game to be expansive, you know, um, a lot of end-to-end stuff. And um, in the early stages of the first half, we saw a bit of that. You know, I was expecting it to carry on for the for the entirety of the game, but it wasn't so. Um, and the... In the late stages of the first half, we saw Manchester City absolutely dominating the game. You know, I think um, Phil Foden gave James um, um, Edison did spectacularly well. He he he, I love the guy. He's such an excellent distributor. He did very well to, to make those passes to Phil Foden, and um, they paid off. Um, but. The statistics of the first half go, only go to show how much of a tough game it was because there was only one shot on target. That Phil Foden chance, you know, when yeah. it, it was a tell how how difficult it is whenever these two get two um these two sides meet. Um, in the second half, it was a completely different story. The games were um we saw a lot of end to end action. Um, obviously, obviously that uh, Mo Salah goal was 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 amazing. In the post-match um, interview, he said he, he didn't know how he scored that goal. But yeah, s- such as football, you know, when you're surrounded by so many defenders, you only act instinctively. So he, he didn't really know. I'm sure if you were to watch it back, you see how much of a spectacular goal it was. But yeah, Mo Salah just doing what Mo Salah does. And um, I think it was I think it was very good on Manchester City City's part. You know, they showed the wherewithal to come back. You know, the, they had the fighting spirit. A, a great goal from Kevin De Bruyne and Phil Foden, and um, yeah, like they never disappoint. It truly was a very exciting match. Yeah, I was never disappointed. I was, I wasn't disappointed. I think, I think it was a fair result. I think neither team deserved to lose. I think it was a very good game. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Marcus, with with the most Salah subject, you know, he came into the league and people were branding him as a one season wonder, but he's he's shown. That no, he he isn't. He's gone on leaps and bounds and improved almost every season. Now it's just like really, it's 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 a, it's a given that he's going to score every weekend. Do you think he can be considered as a Premier League legend, Mustafa? Um, I think to be a Premier League legend, you need the numbers and you need the trophies. He has a Premier League, which Liverpool has evaded them for like over thirty years or so, yeah. even before I was born. He has what's the name. Um, Marcus, you don't has, have to be showing people your age on the podcast. Fine, <laughs> he has, he has, he has a golden boot. He has what? What else? Um, he, he has, he has a number. He has over hundred goals for yeah. Liverpool in the yeah. Premier League. I think, yeah. I think he's up there. If he's not a legend, he's up there because there are so many people. People consider them as legends, and then Mo Salah is just way above all those players. Yeah. Way, way above those players. Yeah. Like just. A few minutes ago, I was telling my brother, I don't know how Salah couldn't fit in in Chelsea, and then she's just doing spectacular things in Liverpool. One thing about football I've noticed is, if you're on fire, you could just even throw in a ball and it will enter the net, and that's mm-hmm. the thing with Salah. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. the any touch he makes is just gold. Any yeah. touch is gold. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I agree perfectly with Marcus there. Yeah. So uh, it was an interesting game, George. Um, do you think? Do you think this is going to affect the end the end of the the Premier League season? Is going to end up on top at the end of the season? Do you think it's going to have any effect on that? Absolutely not. You know, um, well, in previous Premier League seasons, the the winners of this fixture um, usually goes 
you know, I know we and um in previous episodes of the show we've, we've spoken about how it's, it's it's too early. I think it's too early to call, you know. If you look at the the top four sides, you know, look at the points difference, look at the the gap there, there isn't this 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 I this this season, this Premier League season I believe will go down as one of the tightest, you know, in recent memory most competitive one of the most difficult because it's so close to call, you know, form-wise, the teams are pretty even ability-wise, you know, the top four teams, the two Manchester clubs, Chelsea, Liverpool, have got very good squads and so it'll be, it'll be very difficult to tell and so I don't think this particular fixture will have a, you know, a, a huge say on who's going to end up champion, you know. All right. All right, that's great. So it was an interesting game there. I mean, it, it, it lived up to the expectation and lived up to the hype. And it was Manchester United, sorry, Manchester City to Liverpool to uh, Liverpool to Manchester City to goals from for Liverpool from Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane or Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah and then goals for from Phil Foden and Kevin Werner for Manchester City. Yes. And it lived up to expectation. So now let's go to the second game of the weekend. Another interesting game. And it was an early kickoff on Saturday. Manchester United were hosting Aston Villa. Manchester United lost their last game at Old Trafford to... They were hosting Everton, sorry. They lost their last game to Aston Villa. And people were expecting Manchester United to come back and bounce back. Remember, they beat Everton in the preseason. They beat them comfortably. So people were expecting the same result. But then come the end of the 90 minutes, it was 1-1. And it was another disappointing display from the Manchester United squad. And there's this question about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So I was listening to something over the weekend and people were comparing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer with Graham Potter, the Brighton coach, and then Thomas <laughs> Frank, the Brentford coach. And people were people put these three coaches together and, and they were like, who would you pick out of the three to come and manage Manchester United? And unfortunately, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was, was the last pick of the three. I don't know how fair that was or how unfair it was, but um, Marcus... Let me ask you, and this is a question that has been asked over and over on this podcast, but then yes. the uncertainty about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is always evident after almost every Manchester United game. Is he the one to lead Manchester United to the trophies? Um, I think before Ole came inside, came in, uh, onto the scene, mm-hmm. no one knew the target set for him. Was he to come build a team, make the team compete or win something? Mm-hmm. Because when Ole came, my United is competing. Last season, they were second, I think. Yeah, last season was second, right? Yeah, yeah. And this season, this season, we have just played seven matches and they are still fourth. People expect because my United have Ronaldo, Sancho, and everything, they are supposed to win every weekend. But here's the case the team needs to gel first. I'm not in support of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as a Man United coach, but I'm just stating their problem. They have the players all right, but the team needs to gel with Sancho. And Ronaldo, and then they have Marcus Rashford out of the team to yeah, due to injury. Yeah, the yeah. team needs to gel. Now, when the team gels, the team is fought. Maybe they can compete. So I think it's too early to call for Ole's head. And then for previous season, last season he was second. Manchester City's team was the team that they won three trophies and uh, three to- domestic trophies, and they were in the Champions League final. Yeah. That means Manchester City was exceptionally good. So yeah. even if Man United couldn't win the league, at least they did their best by competing. Second yeah. is not bad for so many for so many seasons. Arsenal used to 
brag about being fought every season. And that was just being fought. Straight the Arsenal fans. Yeah. My United was second last season. And then this season, it's just seven matches lead. They are fourth. Fine, they have Ronaldo. Fine, they are supposed to be competing. But fourth, they are just, they are 14 points and two points behind the league leaders, Chelsea. That is not terrible. So I think it's too, I mean, most of the United fans don't want Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because he's not a top-class coach. He's just Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. This is like, his major, uh, what's the name, coaching gig that he's had. Yeah, yeah. They want someone, if maybe they had a coach with more hype, someone like Allegri, Conte, Zidane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we lost Marcus for, for a moment oh, there. I'm sure, he, he, I'm sure he rejoined us. He rejoined, but anyway, let's continue whilst Marcus rejoins us. Um, George, with this, with this, with the lineup on Saturday, like when he came, when the lineup came on and everything, I was a bit surprised because he was resting players, and I don't know why he would rest players before the international. It doesn't make sense to me, does it? Different thinking behind that. Yes, there was a different thinking, and um, if I'm being brutally honest, when I did see the lineup, when I when I first saw the lineup, I. I I thought the same thing. I was like, why Why is he resting Ronaldo? Why is Pogba on the bench, our best player? You know, but when you watch that first half, I'd, I'd say the change the change paid off because I think that was, our, that was our best performance of the season yet. Hello, George. Do you have you? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah, continue. I think Marcus is yeah. back, so you can continue. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like I was saying. Um, yes, I, 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 I could understand the, 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 the confusion. His selection, you know, the uncertainty. Why a little bit? Why some people weren't entirely happy? But when you watched our first half, that first half was our, our best, our best first half of the season. You know, Cavani, Martial, Bruno, they all linked up very well, and. It led to Martial getting his first goal of the season. You know, it was a brilliant, it was a brilliant goal. And so, yes, when the lineup was announced, I didn't really see what he was trying to do, why you'd rest all those players, but it paid off in the end. Did it? Did it pay off? You, you, you didn't win the match, George. You didn't win the match. Yes, there's, there's there's so much to unpack. In the second half, when he brought on Ronaldo, when he took Cavani off. He had to take Marshall off just because he sustained a knock. But, you know, we like to speak about Ronaldo and how much of a good player he is and everything. But, I mean, if you watch Manchester United this season and if you've paid close, close attention to the way we've played, yes, he does bring his name and he does, he does bring goals and whatever, everything. But... Ronaldo is 36 years old and he's not the player he once was. He will not press. He will not go and try and help, you know, you know, try winners back position and all of that. And that that's an aspect of his game he doesn't have. Edison Cavani has that, you know, and we could see that in the first half. And in the second half, when Ronaldo came on, I'm not saying Ronaldo was, was the cause of, you know, us conceding the goal and everything, but... Definitely had a, had a huge impact because yeah, Cavani helped. You know, he got a show on target. He would have scored. I, I I genuinely believe he would have scored if he had stayed on longer. You know, second half. But uh, yeah, I mean, 
you, you can't pinpoint, you can't say it was Ronaldo alone, but, but because yet, yet again, Fred was exposed. You know, if, if you look at the goal Everton scored, he's, he's, exceptional, he's exceptional. And um, he beat Fred, you know, in the build up to that goal. And so, yeah, in the first half, the lineup helped those changes, you know, influenced, you know, the, the draw. So, yeah. All right. All right. Okay. So, um, uh, Marcus, I hope we have you back. You're yeah, back, yeah right? I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I want to, I want to, the, the Van der Beek conundrum. Like, I don't know what's happening because obviously Fred is not performing as he's not reaching those levels that Manchester United fans expect him to. And Van der Beek is on the bench. He's he's basically rotting on the bench, you know. And and it, it just looks like the player is so unhappy because after during the Champions League game when he was sub, he looked clearly unhappy. And in this game, we expect him to get a run of games and show what he's worth. But then he's still not getting the chances from Oleg and Associate. What do you think is the best advice if you were Van de, Van de Beek's agent? Sorry, to, no, so, to, the truth, to, before all, I, I want to t- sp- uh, talk about Fred. I didn't okay. really watch Fred when he was in Shakhtar yet. Mm-hmm. But I think in my United, um, Oleg and Associate plays him as a defensive or a holding midfielder, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... Van de Beek is not a holding midfielder. In Ajax, when he played with Frankie De Jong and then Lashone, Lashone and Frankie De Jong played as a double pivot and then he was playing as an attacking midfielder. Ability-wise, Van de Beek is not better than, what's the name, Paul Pogba when it comes to Mm. attacking. And then Van de Beek can't also hold the midfield as a defensive midfielder, even if they are to drop Fred. So the most natural choice for Man United if they are to drop Fred is Scott McTominay or uh, the Menya Matic. Mm. Mm. Footballers definitely want to play. Everyone wants to have the chance. But maybe, fine, Van de Beek, he's talented and all that. But at, at training, no one sees what goes on at training. Maybe he doesn't put enough effort at training. Maybe he just doesn't do what the coach expects of him in training. So that might be the situation with him. Aside that, my United, he came to my United, um, I think mid-season. He didn't, he didn't start the season with them. That was last yeah. season, right? George, yeah. he didn't start the season yeah. with Man United. So no, maybe it has a store on him. He didn't start mm. prison with them. He didn't fit in uh, well with their team. So he just needs time. But for his age, he's 24 years, right? Mm. Yeah. This is the time where he's supposed to be peaking. And maybe yeah. this Man United team is not the team for him. Mm. It's just not the team for him. Mm. So he should maybe go out on loan or find a new team. That's, that's the best I could tell him. Yeah. He can't compete with Poba for, for that spot. He yeah. can't. And then as a defensive midfielder too, he can't hold the team as a defensive midfielder. So he should just look for a, a different team. I think Barcelona will take him. <laughs> Barcelona will take anybody at this point. We will take anybody at this point, yeah. So maybe <laughs> we'll he should start looking there. We'll get to the Barcelona issue very soon at the end of the show. It, it, we have a surprise for, for you guys at the end of the show. So we'll get to the Barcelona game at the end of the show. Okay, so now that's for Manchester United versus Everton. Goals from Anthony Martial. And Andrew Townsend, he seems to be peeking at Everton. And, and he, tried, he tried the Ronaldo celebration. It was like a cheap version of the Ronaldo celebration. But he, <laughs> he, he, he take that as well. So let's go to the, the, our third game of the weekend. And it was Chelsea versus Southampton. Um, an interesting game there. Um, Chelsea lost two games on the bounce. And people, I mean, there was there was noise. It's to show the right man, and it shows how fickle football wow. fans are. To be honest, <laughs> wow. so, there was so much noise over the over the week, and then Chelsea came in and 
I wouldn't say the road over Southampton because it was a very difficult game for Chelsea, um, but they got the job done in the end. Um, George, with this game, it was it was interesting because Southampton proved very, 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 very tough to beat. I mean, Chelsea got their goal and then Southampton equalised through a penalty and then the red card came in. First, I want to ask you, if you saw that challenge, do you think it was a red card? The Jorginho one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The World Prowse and Jorginho one. Yes, yes, I I do think it was a red card. You can't you can't go in like that, you know. It was a it was a clear there was a goal scoring opportunity and um with the you just you simply can't go in like that, you know, with the, yeah. the way the pace at which the modern game is played and um with very you know coming into play, you know, you you just you just can't go ta- going tackling like that. That I, I think it was a red card, yeah. Yeah, all right. And and Marcus, I mean, Timo Werner is that kind of player that I don't know. It, it I, just I actually love this question. I love this it, question. It, it, just, it, just, it just doesn't, I, I don't know. You just wheel him on, and every time he has 16, 16 goals, sorry. 17. 17 goals yes. being chucked off because of because of VAR. It is so unfortunate for him, you know. But the thing is, he doesn't, he never gives up. He he works really hard for the team. And I think he deserved that goal on Saturday. If if he didn't, it would have been riots all over Stamford Bridge because, wow, it, it just had to be his moment. What do you think about him? As so, well? the truth about Timo Werner is he reminds me of Rooney when he was younger. You know, he's supposed to be a centre forward, but he likes to drift to the side a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The difference yeah. is Timovena really, really depends on his speed too much. Yeah. That is all he does. He's always ready to run, always ready to run. Maybe if he plays through the middle and he has a midfielder who's going to give him through balls, that would be very effective for him. Let's say he played with Fabregas. He just takes yeah. off and the pass comes. He just takes yeah. off and the pass comes. Yeah. But Timovena wants to have the ball and run with it. Now, when he runs with the ball, there's this thing I notice about him. He always wants to push the ball to his left foot and shoot. Yeah. Anytime he, he's left one-on-one with the defender, he pushes the ball to the left, yeah. then he shoots. He yeah. pushes the ball to the left, then he shoots. I think maybe the coach should sit him down and tell him, Werner, you are right-footed. So next time, captain like Coutinho does and kill the ball. You don't always yeah. have to push the ball to the left yeah. and shoot because he's not finding his feet. People, yeah. I was thinking, I actually analyzed Lukaku's still to be a turning point for him. It should be something to either ginger him up mm. to work well or mm. just to end his career. But I mm. think it is actually having a positive effect on him rather. And I think Lukaku has really tried his best for Timo Werner because they both seem to be hitting it off quite well. Yeah. yeah. Timo Werner needs confidence and this is the best. He has the best coach to do that for him. A young coach and a German coach. He's a countryman. Mm. So that is it for him. If this season doesn't hit, hit it, sorry, he doesn't hit it off, then... I guess Charles is on the team for him because yeah. he's he's able to create chances perfectly, but finishing it, yeah. just finishing those chances is the problem. Probably... And then he should stop always relying on his speed. Sometimes he should just run into spaces, get touch the ball, run, work like Jude does. He shouldn't always be relying on his speed. Yeah, that, that, that is his that, problem. That's some advice for Timo Werner there. If Timo Werner is listening, he should he should he should he should listen and then. And he did advice. Okay, George. So um I think Marcus is gone off again. He's gonna come back later, obviously. But does Chelsea have a good title challenge? Do you think they actually they they can they can win it this season? Oh absolutely, you know, with the, I I think um with the acquisition of Romelu Lukaku and um, as Marcus rightly said, you know, Timo Werner seems to have 
you know, um, have a resurgence. I think I think they do stand up. Um, they look, they look, they look, they look like they have an identity. You know, when when you watch them play, you know, they they look like they they know what they're doing. You know, they're set in defense. You know, the midfield top tier. You know, and obviously Romelu Lukaku, Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, uh, Mason Man. What more could you ask for? Champions. I think I think they stand a very good chance. Um, so many people talking about the the two Manchester clubs in Liverpool, but I think I think I, I personally I think Chelsea can go on and win it. You know. Mm-hmm. That, that's interesting. That's an interesting take from George there. So that's those are basically the match the matches that we're going to we'll go into detail this weekend. But let me just give some shout outs to Brentford. I, I they've been they've been terrific this season. You know, like I don't know, but last week they. They drew three three with Liverpool, and then this week they end up beating West Ham a last minute goal and everything. And are they the next Sheffield United, Marcus? Do you th- do you think they can actually break into the top six of the Premier League this season? Because I don't think they'll break into the top six. Mm-hmm. But then there's one thing about these relegation teams. I mean, the Championship teams when they come mm-hmm. back to the Premier League, mm-hmm. they always try by the end of January to be sitting somewhere seventh, eighth. Yeah. So getting to the end of the season, they start struggling because they yeah. can't compete with um, fatigue and all that. They're going yeah. to have players getting injured and all that. Yeah. But usually when they come in, they just you see them seventh, sixth. By the time yeah. the season ends, they'll be sit, languishing somewhere around 14, 15. <laughs> they wouldn't go back, but then they would have had just a fairy tale spell earlier yeah. in the season. And that's what I'm expecting from Brentford. They are going to do what the necessary thing in the first half of the season. The second half... They can't compete with their injuries and all that. They yeah. won't be able to compete. So they're yeah. going to go back to somewhere 15, 16. That's how I see it. But we have to we have to say, George, they are actually a very interesting team to watch because I, I didn't watch the West Ham game. I followed it, but I didn't watch it. But then last week against Liverpool, they just did not sit down. I mean, and then this it showed they scored a very late equaliser. And then this, this week, the same person that scored... The late equalizer last weekend ends up scoring a, a later even equalizer this a, a later winner this this weekend against West Ham ninety plus four minutes. That's when he got the goal to to seal the victory for them. They are they are a very interesting team under Thomas Frank, don't you think? Well, absolutely. And, you know, um, I, I, the, the thing about these these I think these newly newly promoted sides is no one no one knows what to expect of them. You know, we saw we saw we saw the same thing with Leicester. In, um, in 2015, they went on to win the league in 2016. You know, two seasons ago, we saw the same thing with Sheffield, and um, I, 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 I'm, I'm absolutely impressed with with Brentford so far. And yeah, they, I, I couldn't believe, you know, that they, you know, they, with the way they, they played against Liverpool. Because if I'm being honest, if Manchester United considered three goals against Liverpool, I don't think we would have been able to bounce back the way Brentford did, you know, mm-hmm. and so. Yes, um, pe- people don't accord them so much respect, but yeah, you, you do so at your own peril, you know, because yeah, you 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 expect from them, but hey, they'll show you you're here. We're 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 now with the big boys. Don't understand. We're here to play, and um, and yeah, that that that's exactly what they're showing. But I I do I really do like Marcus take you know in the in the second part of the season when things like you know come into play. And um, the death of teams will become a very deciding factor, you know, in, in, in where teams would, would end up at the end of the season. It will um, it will prove how much how much fight they have in them. And um, 
about the top six, I don't, I don't really know, man. There are teams, there are a lot of teams. There's Everton, a Leicester. It should make for a fascinating, you know, race this season. You know, the top four teams, we, we nothing is ever guaranteed. If we were all to guess, we'd say yes, City, Chelsea, Liverpool, and um, yeah, Manchester, Manchester United. United. Top the five position five and six, maybe Leicester, everything. We don't know. We can't say for sure. We never know. So for Brentford, I don't know. Top ten, I think they can surprise everybody. But top eight, top six, I, I don't know. I don't know. But let's see. Hey, this is the Premier League, and um, nothing is ever guaranteed. You know, anything can happen. So let's see. Yeah. All right. It'll be interesting to watch Brentford Brentford's progress this season, and hopefully they can do many interesting things because. We all root for the underdog, don't we? So yeah, let's cool. let's see what happens. So <laughs> let me give some shout outs to to pa- Crystal Palace for coming back against um, Leicester City. They ended up coming back from a two 0 two 0 deficit to draw two two. Spurs getting their first win in a very very long time to pacify the Spurs fans. They beat Villa two one, and yes, and Bernardo Silva actually against Liverpool in the Manchester City game. He, there was this amazing run that he did, Messi like. It was it was just brilliant to watch. So yeah, um, shout out to him. He was he was brilliant this weekend. Um, so now let's the segment that we have the Black um, History Month segment today. I'm going to I'm going to give my um, my my player that my black player that uh, helped me gain more interest in the Premier League. I'm going to go with Terry Henry, and I believe my my co-hosts also also agree with me. He was he was a brilliant player during his. Prime prime days and everything. I mean, when he wore those gloves at the old the Arsenal Stadium, ones. the black yes. ones, and with that O2, with that hybrid at Harry, was game over for any in your position. And I mean, he's 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 an example of black excellence, you know. And in times where the fight for um, black equality and everything is 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 on the rise, I, I mean, it's just it's just brilliant to highlight a player like that. Marcus, let me start with you. What, what were your memories of, of Terry Henry? The greatest striker I have seen mm. after Luis Ronaldo. Mm. That is Terry Henry. Mm. I remember his goal against Manchester United, the volley. He, he turned, he just lifted the ball and yeah. bam. Yeah. George, you remember that goal? I don't want to remember it. Uh, you should remember <laughs> it. <laughs> and then I was fortunate enough to have him play for my team. So, yeah. That's that's a plus for my Henry. Henry is one of the greatest strikers I've, I've known. He could dribble, he could run, he is strong, he could jump, he had everything. He was the most complete striker after Luis Ronaldo, I think. After Luis Ronaldo, all the strikers I've seen, he was the most complete striker after Luis Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. And then I think he needs to be celebrated as you are rightfully doing. Yeah, yeah, that's great. George, what 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 memories do you have of him? Yeah, I, I think he was, he's um absolutely brilliant. You know, like 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 Marco said, um, you know the the word complete forward gets thrown around a lot. You know nowadays in our game, and um, but if you if you if you you if you take the time to closely watch a player, you know there there are very few um people capable of you know claiming that that title. And um, I think Thierry Henry is is, is one of them. I've not seen anyone with such impeccable control, you know, with such composure, with um, with finishing, with 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 such um, exceptional finishing ability as well. And um, to put things into context, like you know, so many like people like talk about rivalries in the Premier League and errors 
and everything. But that that uh, Ferguson, you know, Moreno era, you know, from the you know from like the the two thousands to like two thousand six, I think those times we could attribute you know the, the the excitement of the Premier League, you know, and the intensity to you know to players such as. So such such as Terry Henry, you know, he was an absolutely fabulous player. Yeah, exactly. Yes, he 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 deserves to be celebrated, like Marcus yeah. said. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's our player for today on our Black his Black History Month segment. I think, uh, I think he okay. won three straight Golden Boots, right? Three yeah, straight. yeah, yeah. He did. He did. Yeah. There, there was he was unplayable basically at Highbury, and he he was part of the Arsenal. Um, on BT squad. squad, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's that's also a, 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 a thing that we can highlight with Terry Henry. So um, we just have to say that's the Black History Month segment for this weekend, for this week. So remember, we're gonna highlight a black player all throughout the month of October, which is Black History Month. So every episode, we're going to highlight one black player who was first sparked the Premier League, was brought the Premier League to life, and we just want to celebrate him and and, and just talk good things about him. So, yes, that was the Black History segment. So, now we're going to go to... Marcus, do you play FPL? FPL, yeah. Okay. So, basically, this weekend, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because we had draft ah. results, George. But yeah, let me, this, this weekend was worse. <laughs> yeah. But let me, let, me, let, me tell, let me tell listeners because I, I was the one that was... That was that was mentioning George's position last week or two weeks ago. Incorrectly, I must admit. But this weekend, George has actually climbed up and is now second in the group in a in a in a table. Marcus, you have to come and join the group. I'll send you the code so you join. So, okay, so, sure. so yeah, so we compete. I'm gonna start from scratch. Yeah, I mean ah. what can you do? But let's let's see what happens. <laughs> let's see what happens. George okay. is now second. I have to I have to announce to the whole world. Obviously I'm still first. I mean there's no way I could go, obviously. But George is now table and I want to say a big congratulations to George. He's moving leaps and bounds, but he's still not going to get to me. And 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 Marcus, when you come on, when you come on, all the best. But you're gonna be, you're gonna be last. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna be last. But I'm, I'm sitting in the Santa 15 group, so maybe that oh. And yeah, that 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 it, it seems like Marcus will be my competition. But let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Okay, so that's basically it for the Premier League review show this week. And there's a little spot this week that we have two stories. We are gonna. They are the funny stories of the week. I'm not sure Marcus will be very happy with what I'm about to say, but <laughs> let me let me start with um, um, the EA Sports for 22 release launch. And I'm sure George saw the video last week. There was this video of Steve Bruce are running the the Newcastle players. And yeah, so, I think I saw that. <laughs> yeah, so faster than Mbappe. <laughs> faster than Mbappe. You have to see. Yeah. This is free promo for for FIFA. So if they are listening, all they can do is just send me. I don't I don't charge much. You can just send me a PS5 console. With a copy of the fourteen, that's all I'm going to ask them. So FIFA, FIFA, FIFA executives are listening. They, they can just they can just do that. Okay, so that was the first funny, funny thing. And we are lucky to have Marcus on the show because he's a Barcelona fan, and I want to talk about Barcelona just for a period. And I know Marcus is a very ardent Barcelona fan, dial Barcelona fan. What the I'm hell good. is happening with the team, Marcus? What? what? So. so <laughs> okay, the first I mean, thing is, yeah, you can, you can just give us the gist on um, that. Um, in I'm gonna, I'm to give a quote in tree. Mm, mm. Like this quote in tree, it says, Yeah, the enam in the enam, you get it. 
Be when used, they take meat, the meat, yeah, they take meat, move meat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's that's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's use a team like Manchester United, mm-hmm. who for over two decades uh, have been the richest teams in the richest team in football. Mm-hmm. They are signing players. They have the ability to sign players, but they are not bringing out the results that is necessary. Mm-hmm. Unlike that, Barcelona doesn't have the resources to pull that currently. Mm-hmm. They have lost their best player, like their greatest player. And now they have a coach who hasn't really achieved anything in football. <laughs> He's trying to achieve this thing with a bunch of newbies. We have like seven or eight youngsters in the team. And he wants yeah. to win. He, he wants to compete in the Champions League and in the La Liga with them. Mm. That makes it quite a difficult task for him. And now the team also was in crisis. Uh, we had to change presidents midway through the season and all that. So that, that comes for a lot. But people ask me, is the problem from the coach or the problem is from the players? Mm-hmm. I think we have, we have quite uh, good youngsters who, like the coach Reddy Philly said, they'll be world beaters in some coming years. But currently, these players are not enough to win us anything. The only thing the team needs, there are just three things. Number one is money, which everyone needs. Mm. Number two is patient fans. Mm. And number three is the right coach. I don't think Coleman is the right coach. Yeah, because, I, I mean, it's intriguing. I was watching the Atletico Madrid game over the weekend, and it, it was funny. I mean, these days, it's like the usual phrase or the funny phrase, crossing an inshallah, the last yes. minutes of the game because you see, Josh, can you believe PK is actually playing strike, play strike at, at at some point in the game, and it's just, I mean, it's just ridiculous, you know. The whole, the whole, I wouldn't say running of the the, the club because you know the new president that came in, he he was unfortunate to inherit a club that was was in shambles basically, but just the whole the whole atmosphere around the club is very very toxic right now, and uh, I don't know, it, it just seems it's gonna be a long long. Not a long, long while, but it's going to take... It's going to be a long while. Yeah, it's going to take if, a very if, massive, massive effort. If, if the team had money, mm. I would have said maybe it wouldn't take long. But we don't have money to. Yeah. You get yeah. it. You can't yeah. sack the coach. You can't sign a new coach. You can't sign yeah. a top player. All yeah. those things play a part. So maybe now is the time for them to depend on the academy. Mm. And the first thing to understand that these kids, they've just been playing with kids all their life. They yeah. haven't met <laughs> top professionals. Yeah. So they yeah. should just give them time to go. But one problem I have with Coleman is that is that every football fan loves to see the academy players blow up. Mm. Every football fan. I remember when we were in high school, you people always used to talk about Mason Mount. And then at that time, Mason Mount was like 15 years or 16 years. Yeah. But yeah. you always used to talk about him. Yeah. Every football fan wants to see the academy players blow up. Now you have the darling boy of the academy, Ricky Preach. Mm. He's on the bench. He's the one, regardless of whoever we have, I think he's the second most glamorous Barcelona player after Lionel Messi in this current mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. Yet he choose to freeze out the kid. If Coman was playing the kid and then probably wasn't even getting the results, the fans would have probably bagged him that oh he's playing the kid. But we have the favorite, the darling boy of the club, and he's on the bench. It doesn't matter how many academy boys you play. Once you're not playing the darling boy for them, the fans will always be on your neck, and that is something Coman needs to realize earlier. Before it gets too late, mm, mm. 
right. So that that's that's basically the summary of Barcelona for. Yeah, for, I, I, I'd, like, I'd, I'd like I'd, I'd like to ask okay. now, Marcus a quick, a quick quick question, please. If you yeah. please try and yeah. summarize it, you know, as much as possible sure. for me. If yeah. you were to, if you were to, if you were to, you know, describe you know the club, you know, to an outsider. Obviously, we all hear the news. We hear so many terms being thrown around. We hear Laporta. We hear debt. We hear injuries. We hear manager. Of course, we all know Messi's left and everything. But if you were to, you know, describe when exactly and how all these problems started, you know, if you were to describe to someone, how, how would you describe it? You know, when exactly all these problems began, and then really 2014 when we voted for Batomiu, that was that he he oh, he has been a downfall of the club. He's and then I wouldn't say he hasn't done his best because he won the Champions League, but then Batomiu also signed he signed quality players. He signed Usman Dembele, who was like one of the top, the promising youngsters at the time. He signed Felipe Coutinho, who was one of the best players in the Premier League, probably top five. He signed Antoine Griezmann, who was top five footballers in the world. The problem was that he didn't sign the right fit. All the players he signed didn't just fit. That, 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 that was just the problem. Mm-hmm. Maybe Griezmann was the right fit, but he just didn't fit. Mm-hmm. You have a team where you have Lionel Messi, who is the ultimate number 10 in the world. Every team that needs a number 10, every team that has a number 10, when Messi steps in that team, the number 10 is going to leave the jersey for him to play. Like, mm-hmm. this is your role. You sign Coutinho, who was an out-and-out number 10. You sign Griezmann, who was an out-and-out number 10. Yet, you have the ultimate number 10 in football. This, this is going to have a difficult switch because the coach wouldn't know where to play these players. And then you sign them for huge sums of money. They, you, you can't sign a player for 160 million and keep him on the bench. You can't sign a player for 120 million and keep him on the bench. So that has been a problem. So the coaches try to find ways to play these players. Now today he's playing Coutinho on the wing. Today he's playing in defense. Tomorrow he's playing in midfield. <laughs> Tomorrow he's trying to play Griezmann as a number nine. He's trying to play Griezmann as a number seven because there's this ultimate the ultimate role they play. There's the ultimate player playing that role. And that has been a that's been a major problem. But to sign, he signed quality for the team. I can't, I won't doubt that. He signed quality for the team. But he was swayed in contracts. I don't know, I don't know how he negotiated contracts with the players. Sometimes you just hear Barcelona is chasing William. Chelsea fans hated William. And then yet this man kept on chasing William for three good seasons. Every transfer window, <laughs> you're gonna hear William to Barcelona. William to Barcelona. This coach wanted to sign as Paulinho, who was playing in China. Paulinho from China to come and play in Barcelona. Paulinho did his best for Barcelona. He scored almost eight goals in the league, but he still wasn't the player Barcelona needed. You can't go and sign Paulinho to win at the Champions League. It is not done. A player playing in China. That is the problem. I think the whole problem in Barcelona started with Bartomeu giving out terrible contracts, and then I think his his board of directors, the people who were around him, his advisors, they didn't also help him. That is that is our whole problem. That is our whole problem. It wasn't the players or the coaches, it was mm. just the board. They just made terrible decisions. Hopefully, hopefully those, those yeah, those hopefully those decisions will be will be faced in the near future for Barcelona fans. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. So it's been a yeah, it's been a, a lovely show. It's been a privilege that, to have Marcus here. Last one for Marcus since he's a La, La Liga man here. Who do you think will win? <laughs> like I always say. I'm always a Barca fan. I'm always blinded to the facts. Barcelona mm. will win the league. That is that is that is always been. 
I don't know. <laughs> Every season, no matter how what you go through, I guess you we have to be practical here. And then Champions League. I'm being practical. I, always, <laughs> I, I have just this outrageous belief in a team that this team is good enough to win it. Look, just this weekend we lost Atletico Madrid. Everyone was making a fuss. Barcelona lost Atletico Madrid. Then Real Madrid lost to um, uh, championship team. Was yeah. it Real? Mm-hmm. Was it? Espanol, I think. Espanol, yeah. 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 Real Madrid lost to Espanol. Yeah. And then these are the teams that are top of the league. Barcelona lost to Atletico Madrid, which is a big team. And that's mm. not that Madrid lost to Espanol. The team that just came from relegation. Mm. So mm. that is, that is. I, I just feel it is not done yet. And Coleman says he needs, we have players who are injured. We have put um, Dembele out. We have Aguero out. Um, I'm feeling really shy to say that we have Martin Brightwhite out. <laughs> we need all those players back. Mm-hmm. We, need, we need everyone back. And that is when we can truly assess Ronald Koeman if he's the man. Because, fine, the way the team is playing is not good enough. But he says he needs the players back from injury. Then he can build a team. So let's just give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's let those players come. Let's give him a month for all those players to be fit. Then we can truly assess him. That's the that's the situation. But Marcus, right now, yeah, Baza is like my United in 2014, 2013. <laughs> Marcus is, is wishing on horses here, but I mean, it's, it's already it's always good to allow your your friends to dream big and everything. So let's see what happens this season. Thank you very much, Marcus. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. It's been a pleasure having me. Too. Of course, this is not the last time we're gonna be on the show. Obviously, you're gonna come on the show more times, and the viewers, the listeners, sorry, are gonna have. An interesting time with you. As always, George is I'll always on the it. show. Yeah, it. George is always on the show here with us. So thank you for being on the show here to George. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, you know. Uh-huh. Always a pleasure uh-huh. being here. Uh-huh. Thank you guys so much. And it's been a pleasure bringing you the show this week. This has been the review show. Remember, this weekend there's no Premier League action. So it's going to be it's going to be something ah. different. <laughs> something different. But we're going to... We'll the, you know, the West period in the West period in any any guy's life yeah, is international break. break. Yeah, but what can we do? Especially when your team doesn't win before, man. Yeah, yes. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. But then, but then we are going to come to you. Still, we're going to bring something different, something a little bit alternate. But we're still going to come to you, and we'll see what happens. So we're looking forward to that too. It's been the Sports Bar Podcast. Remember, you can go like, follow, and subscribe anywhere. On all streaming platforms, just go and follow and like and just listen to greatness. Basically, it's been Kman here, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye.